you are listening to 88.5 FM WCUG Cougar Radio. This is Doria, and I am in studio today with Clinton Baber. Hi, how's it going? And I'm really excited to have Clint here because not only is he a talented musician, but he's also my cousin. That's so it's great. like, it's doubly cool. Yeah. Because I talk to musicians a lot, but like having family in here, like it's different. It's exciting. It is. I'm really excited to be here too. All right, so let's get into it. What songs would you say remind you of your childhood? Like, what artists did you grow up listening to? Ooh, um, the cool thing, well, one, I don't think the people know, but everybody in our family is a musician and or singer. So we literally were exposed to all different kinds of music. It could be country. It could be rock. It could be um, R&B soul. It could be, you know, just regu- regular orchestra music. It just kind of depend, but it was a good bit of everything. What reminds me of my childhood? Um... The, the good part of childhood? Oh, yes, yeah. let's focus on that. It like 90s pop and 90s R&B. I think that was probably the best um, era of music period anyway. I like that. And then I like that you mentioned how our family is musical because that kind of segues into the second part of my question. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the Atlanta area, so I didn't really get to visit Alabama a lot. But every time like I visited, like most of my family in Montgomery, they sing in the church and they yeah. can blow. Like, yeah. they, like they're incredible like singers. And I was always jealous because like, I couldn't sing. But how would you say that your family shaped you as a musician? Um, it's a lot of influence mm-hmm. because um, most of our, our uncles and aunts and everybody else, they did music. And like growing up, everybody played something or sang something. And going back to even even Granny and everybody else, it was like, hey, well, I want to do that too. But I want to do that kind of on a bigger platform. But take all the influences from what they gave us growing up to the world now. So it was kind of, it was, it, I think it was predestined. To be this way. So you kind of always knew, like, I'm going to be a musician. Or did you ever have any, like, hesitations? I kind of always knew. And every job that I had always went back to music anyway. Mm -hmm. So it was either at the church full time or law enforcement stuff. I was always singing, like, for ceremonies. Or when I was teaching high school, I was band director and, like, doing, like, music theory and stuff like that. So it was just everything kind of always went back to music. Even the retail stuff I did was still, like, at a CD store or something, some kind of music store. Yeah, it was meant to be. When did you first pick up a guitar? Ooh, middle school? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because piano is my primary instrument. That's my very first first love. That's my girlfriend. Um, the guitar just was easier to take around than a piano is. Yeah. So, so middle school was kind of during like FCS and stuff like that. And FCA, just like Fellowship of Christian Students. Oh, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And also, since you mentioned the piano as well, shameless plug, he has an album called 688. Yeah, six strings on a guitar, 88 keys on a piano. Exactly. So maybe y'all should go and listen to that because that's really good. That's actually my favorite project of yours. That's my favorite one, too. Really? Yeah. Aw, I love that. It's really organic and it's it's very lyric based. Exactly. That's why I like it, too. Yeah. I love that. So your appearance on the Apollo went viral. Yeah. How did you even get that opportunity? So I went to Essence um, Essence Festival a few years ago um, with another artist that I was working with. Mm-hmm. And um, on one of our breaks, after sound check, I walked by this room and it was like, oh, Coca-Cola's hosting something. And I was like, oh, well, it's free Coca-Cola, so why not? <laughs> and um, What a great reason. Yeah. And I went in and I, I think I sang like Break Even by the script. And I, song. I, I walked, I got a free Coke and I walked out and I... I didn't think anything else of it. And then they sent an email um, probably about eight months later. And it was like, yeah, you got to be on the show now. Okay, well, I'll be in New York. Just tell me when. <laughs> Were you nervous? or Because the Apollo is like iconic. Yeah. So I found out that Apollo Amateur Night, which they do on Thursday nights during, I think, like the fall, winter. And Showtime at the Apollo, what, what we grew up watching on TV, are two totally different things. I had no idea. 
until I went up. So I went up and won amateur night um, three or four times just for their their normal, you know, the historic like amateur night thing. Mm-hmm. And then off of that, the people who are over it were like, hey, we're, we're getting ready to shoot the next season of Showtime. So you need to be on that too. And I went home for about a month or two and then we got a email and call. There was a lot of uh, paperwork and stuff too. All right. Love yeah. that. <laughs> it was really exciting though. Like I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even think just going in to get a free coke for singing a song. Right, would lead to yeah. you singing not only at the amateur night, but then doing the show. Yeah, that's incredible. I was really excited about that. All right, and then I know that you have a professional relationship with Big Boy. How did the two of you end up linking up? Another random night of randomness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So one of my uh, one of my good friends and life coaches, uh, her name is. Jennifer, Jennifer Lester, and she lives in Atlanta. She's over the, she's one of the, she's actually the executive director of the Big Kids Foundation, which is big boys, you know, kind of reach back to the community for arts and stuff for kids. And I I, I really don't even know, like, one night just kind of ended up everybody in the same place. And it was like, oh, hi, guys. And then we became friends. <laughs> I have some really cool friends. They can just make, they're all a phone call away at this point. And these are people that, you know, grew up listening to on the radio or watching right. their videos on like MTV and stuff. So now it's just like, oh, hi, let's go do some stuff and make it, make it. I love that. Because growing up, my brother is like obsessed with Outkast and he loves like Big Boy and Entree 3000. So it's yeah. pretty cool that now like he's like your friend and he's just like a, a call away. Yeah. Incredible, and then I also know that you have a relationship with Sebastian Cole as well, and I'm pretty yeah. sure he's from Birmingham as well. He is. How did the two of you link up? Well, I moved to to Birmingham after undergrad in 2007, and um, when I got there, everybody was like, "Oh, you're really talented. You need to meet Sebastian." And I was like, "I don't know who it is." And my cousin Terrence um, was playing at a church that Sebastian was at too. They were both playing at the same church, so I would like go to rehearsal with him. Just because it was, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, I didn't have anything to do because I had just moved to the city. I didn't know anybody outside of our family for real. And um, met Sebastian, and I ended up singing backgrounds for him for for about three three years. And we just became, like, really, really, really close to where he's doggone near family for real now at this point, for real. Like, pretty much, yeah. And um, just watching watching growth from each other from, from highs, lows, ups and downs, mm-hmm. having nothing to having some stuff. Uh, I just I have a great appreciation for him and his person, and um, you know everything that everything that it, that is Sebastian Cole. Yeah, yeah, that's cool because I found out about him through Alessia Cara. Yeah, because I love her music and uh, one of my favorite songs by her, Stone. He's, he's he's actually like his background vocals are still on the track. Yeah, so that's pretty so, dope. That's on a few of them. He um, what's crazy is I remember when um, he was writing some of those songs. And this was before, because he would write a song and be like, I don't even know why I just wrote that. And he wrote them before um, before they even linked up. I remember the day he wrote, like, certain ones that are on that album now. And it was really cool, because he wrote, like, all the songs on that album, except for, like, maybe two. Mm-hmm. And the album just kind of, like, shot to Skyrocketed, the yes. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was really cool. Like, and, and just to watch him grow and prosper through that is, is amazing. And still now, like, he's working with some really cool people. Yeah. Some really tight stuff, so. So it's super dope. And it's always cool to see, like, fellow Southerners, people from Alabama specifically, succeed. I love that. You know what, though? I would literally put Alabama's talent against any anybody. And, yeah? And bet on it, yeah. Yeah? And, and not worry. Um, I know a lot of musicians, writers, singers, performers um, from Alabama that are just crazy. And it's a lot of us who are just out on the road full-time um, working with other people that most people normally just watch on TV or hear on the radio. Right. We just don't talk about it a lot. 
because it's easier to come home. Coming home is like the quiet time. We get to chill out for a minute and do not much. <laughs> yeah, it's always good to come home and unwind. Yeah, it takes away the rustle and bustle. Right, right. So something cool is that you're a member of the Recording Academy. Yeah, I'm a um, voting, voting member. I'm how a, did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> That's the thing. You keep saying, like, all this stuff just happens to it me. I does. don't know. It, it does happen. And I'm not even, like, being, like, bashful or kind of whatever the word is. I'm I'm really not. I really have no idea how this stuff happens. <laughs> it's just like, oh, well, I, you know what? And I remember the day because I was talking to Miranda, and I got an email that was like, hey, it's time to um, vote for the Grammys. And I was like, oh, well, I'm not a voting member. I'm not right. even on any kind of board. Right. Vote for the Grammys. What? And they were like, Did well, you this- send this to the wrong person? No, and they were like, this is your login, and it was my name and my email. But, like, to be a voting member, you have to either have Grammys, have nominations, or have worked on a some type of project that has, like, won Grammys or won the nominations. And I didn't know, like, after I logged in and I saw, like, this list of work that I did that I that was a long time ago that I really forgot about. Mm-hmm. But apparently that stuff had, like, Grammy nods on it, and I was like, oh, here we go then. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> what are the odds of that? Just like randomly checking your email and oh, it's, you can vote for the Grammys now. I was like, I can. I <laughs> Me? Like, this, this has to be spam. Are you sure? Yeah, I thought it was spam. For real. I was like, this can't be real. I actually left it in the inbox like for a few days before I even clicked it. Wow. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be like some Nigerian prince asking for like you know, six hundred dollars. <laughs> typical scam yeah. type thing. That, yeah. that but th- that that's a scam. The Grammys. Yeah. What? And then being a voting member of the Academy, would you say that that has helped you as a musician as far as, like, networking and things like that? Yes. Yes and no. Um, Yes, because you get to meet other voting members um, and other people that are very influential in the music industry. Now, it did um, give me a different appreciation for the Grammy Award itself, though, because I thought it was, prior to being on a, a voting member or on a board, I was like, oh, well... You know, it's about, like, who has, like, the hottest song of the year or, you know, like, it was about numbers or record plays or, you know what I'm saying, just the, the hype behind the thing. But it's not. It's about how many people on the board. It's a peer-voted award. So how many people that are voting members voted for this project is to this certain caliber of where we can actually, you know, be like, yeah, it's worthy of this honor. So it was a little different. Yeah. I wasn't mad at it, though. I yeah. Was, I thought it was cool. Yeah, no, that's incredible. And then you have an album that's an acronym, SNAPS, and it stands for Scattered Notes and Pin Strokes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so my question is, it's kind of like a which came first, the chicken or the egg. Like, did you have the acronym first and then you worked it down, or did you have, like, the words first? Like, how did you decide, okay, this is going to be an acronym? Um, I'm a nerd. <laughs> and, um, Same. Yeah, so it's just kind of a I, – I like patterns. And my learning thing is patterns or – like, I love acronyms. I like figuring out what things mean. So mm-hmm. they come really easily. Um, so I, I actually don't know how I even came up with SNAP. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Because I was in the studio one day, and I literally had paper everywhere. And I was like, it's a lot of scattered notes with illegible writing on them. <laughs> like, oh, scattered notes and pen strokes. Oh, well, that rhymes. And then I was like, you know what? That's an acronym. <laughs> so here we go. That's what I'm going to call it. That's what it's going to be. And that's literally where it came from. We actually took the photos for the um, album before I even came up with it. And the photos for the album actually had the paper everywhere, too. So it was really meant to be. Like, <laughs> yeah. it worked out. It seems like everything in your life just, like, so happens to align. There's a favor. I, don't, I, can't, I can't explain it. It's just 
things just really happen. Some people are like, oh, well, do you have like a five-year plan? Do you have a, a <laughs> you know, this many-year plan? And I'm like, I used to because now, like, it's it's if I do a five-year plan, which I do believe in, don't, don't, not, that's a double negative. I'll always have a plan, okay? That's better. Use that. Always have a plan. Yes. Um, anytime we would make a plan for like three years or five years, all the stuff would somehow happen in like seven or eight months. So then I'll be left with another two years or four years of like, what's next? Mm. Wow. Yeah. So your latest album, it's called Hunching. And uh, then yes. in parentheses, it says 50 Ways of Play. Yeah, it's very adult. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, I'm not going to go okay. deep into yeah, that. Be over like, 18 for that. Yep. Yep. But um, so my question about that, um, so <laughs> that album paints a very vivid picture. Like it's it's clear what you're talking about. Yeah. So, uh, did you go into the studio when you're making that record, knowing like what the theme of it was gonna be, or did it just so happen that like all those songs like had like that kind of innuendo? Um, I actually didn't want to make that album. I have a, a friend, um, a very close friend, and his name is um Martin, and uh, he's from Birmingham, but he he lives in Texas now, and Normally on albums, I I don't like to do um, sexually themed songs. They're so easy. Like, all you have to do is say, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I want to do this. I want to do that. And then put, like, some slow music behind it. And it's easy. But I did a song just because he was like, hey, just do one and see what happens. And that song uh, was titled Mine, and it was a single. And that song outstreamed and outsold, like, all the rest of the other albums and songs, like, three times over. So I was like, well, I guess I would do a rest of another body of work. What's crazy is that album actually took maybe about a month to do all all ten songs that are on there. Wow. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't a lot, but it was because of the urging of him being like, bro, just do it. Like Yeah, I mean, I guess you might as well. Like if yeah. it was extremely successful. Yeah, and then people like um people like hunting too. So like why not? You know? That's, people that's, like hunting. People like hunting. That's, yes. That's what sells. There you that's, go. That's what goes into um the the most in the world today like just oh well oh yeah how's it going have sex oh, <laughs> oh okay sure. all right and to redirect a little bit personally i think you've had a really successful career but at what point would you say you'll sit back and say oh wow like my career was like successful like i did everything that i wanted to do the thing is i have to figure out what i want to do um that i don't really have an answer for that i i literally don't know there are so many things that i want to accomplish but i don't think there's a threshold level of once I reach this thing, then that's going to be like, psh, that's going to be it. I don't know. I want, I want to, I want to do so. I want to like score like big motion. Oh yeah. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do that. That would be so cool. Yeah. I want to do all kind of like crazy things. I want to be the person that any type of, of, I want to be the go-to person for like any type of multimedia stuff. If we need like an album done, um, even if it's consulting, like if you need production or engineering or consulting or any type of visuals, or if it's time to put um, like any type of Foley stuff or, or scoring films and TV shows and commercials and stuff, like I want to be that go-to person. I want them to be like, oh, we, that sounds amazing. We know Clinton had something to do with that. Right. Yeah, that's what I want. That's what I want. I want to be able to wake up in the morning and look over the terrace and the sun is coming up. And then it's like, you know, I'm not even all about a lot of money either. But just there's a, an right. amount of money. That's it. I don't have to work anymore. Be like, right. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it's good that, like, you don't have, like, a threshold of where you'll reach success. Because I feel like when people do that, sometimes they kind of might, like, set themselves up. Because, like, once you reach that point, then it's like, 
okay, now what? Yeah. And so I think having like a multitude of things that you want to do is good, and it makes sense to me. So yeah, I like that. It 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 actually leaves room for growth too, because exactly. Yeah, I don't want to put a cap on it. No cap, no cap. Do you have any new music coming soon? I do. Um, we're actually getting ready to release the next single, um, because we're working on an entire body of work. Next um, thing is going to be called Let Me Love On You, which I like a lot. I really, really love this song a lot. Um, we did it for NPR's Tiny Desk, and um, it just kind of took no. off. Yeah, so it kind of took off. I that. am obsessed with Tiny Desk. Yeah, I love Tiny Desk, too, because it, it gives a non-commercialized like commercialized artist kind of thing. Like You actually get to find dope people who have dope work. So mm-hmm. I, think it's super, I love Tiny Desk stuff. Um, so, yeah, the next song um, that we're putting out is called Let Me Love On You. It's it's our ode to women. It's like Ooh, you yeah. hear that ladies? Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's if it's for your girlfriend, your mom, your daughter, your aunt, your best friend, your sister, your it doesn't matter. It's just any woman in your life. Yeah, yeah. Let me love on you. Oh, that's great. And then um it's another one that's coming after that. That's super petty, but we're not gonna talk about that one yet. <laughs> hey, we can get that next time. Yeah. Next yeah, time. Next Hit that next time. Yeah. All right, and then what's your social media if you want to plug it? Um <laughs> Everything is Clinton Baber's music. Clinton, like George Clinton, Bill Clinton. I don't know. Clinton. <laughs> George Babers, Clinton. Yeah. Babers, B-A-B-E-R-S. Music. That's ClintonBabersMusic.com. Um, Facebook, Clinton Babers Music. The Instagram. Instantgram is Clinton Babers Music. Snapchat. All these names. You ever had an old person try to like name some new social media thing? You on the chat or snap? Um. Ma'am, I'm not. I don't even know what that is. Y'all, I'm dying right now. <laughs> you, oh, you, you do the Snapchat, snap, <laughs> Snapchat, snap, snap, Snapchat. Like, ma'am, no, nah, I don't, I don't know. Do that. You on the Facebook, Facebook, ma'am? No. I remember one time I got in trouble growing up at my middle school, and uh, they had called my parents to the school. I don't even remember what I did, and he just stuck his head in the office like they need to take his space station. Yeah, talking about a PlayStation. <laughs> and I was like, you don't even know how to say it. Find something else to do. You're coming in here snitching. Well, if your career in music doesn't work out, maybe you should consider stand-up. Because you're pretty funny. Okay. <laughs> oh, man, the biggest song of last year was I'm Living My Best Life. And it's by a comedian. Oh, yep. Lil yeah, Duval. So, yeah, yeah. That could that could be a thing. That was a, the, the, maybe the two are interconnected and we've yeah. never realized it. Well, maybe. Hmm. I don't know. That could be. Could be. How you feel? You okay today? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? You want some applesauce or oranges? <laughs> All right, so y'all heard it here first. This interview was with Clinton Babers. Check out his music. Follow him on social media at Clinton Babers Music. All that good stuff. This is Doria on The Exchange signing out.